fuck Tyler Defoe. How dare you? How dare I you say I such it. controversial no, things? No, because because uh, I picked him up like all over the place, and then I dropped him all over the place too. You know what I mean? <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Like what? before he got traded. Oh, you know I what see. I mean? Yeah. Why is it that every after every hockey game, there's like they're trying to sell you some cooking pan? Like I just finished the Boston Edmonton game, and now Emeralds on my fucking TV for whatever reason. Making his cooking pan are cool. It's the worst looking steak I've ever seen. It was like soggy. But all right, that's enough. Bam, TV's off. I love I love new cooking pans. Don't you? I don't, I couldn't tell you how many times I go to sleep, and then I wake up to that creepy stuffed guy with the hair. Do you know who I'm talking about? Well, this guy. I mean, you'll you'll see him. You'll remember back to this conversation and be like, that fucking guy. That's who TJ was talking about. He's so strange though. Like, I don't like that guy. I don't trust him. I don't trust his pans. I don't trust, trust anybody. I don't even trust myself. All right, man. Let's get this one going. Let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ Branson and Zach Vogel. Hola, hola, hola. All right, we are going multicultural tonight. Muy caliente, dude. Muy caliente. I take it this is probably not your first episode, or if it is, the way we do things around here is we usually go through the injuries first, and there's a little bit to get to here. Cam Fowler starting it off. He did not play tonight, and I would assume Hampus Lindholm moves up into that power play one spot so that's something to monitor anaheim does have that friday sunday matchup that we're going to be looking at i guess we we had cam fowler in our show notes as somebody that you guys could stream but that kind of goes not anymore yeah not anymore not anymore uh tyler tofoley's making his debut as a vancouver canuck like you said he got one shot one hit and one block and one block so very well-rounded game even all around zero points so far but we'll uh we'll keep tabs on that see if it means anything then you got Alexander Radulov. He is definitely playing tonight against the Coyotes. Jonas Corposalo. He had an assist, too. Corposalo had an assist? No. That would be wicked. Radulov. No, I, I knew what you were saying. So, Corposalo is in the cool, AHL. Though. He's on a conditioning stint and is likely Good. to return by the beginning of March. Okay, that's a little longer than I was thinking with, with a conditioning stint. I, I would guess it would be like two or three games down there, right? You would hope it would be sooner than early March. Yeah. I think maybe that was like an original timeline that that has yet to have been updated. I mean, that's like, you know what I mean? Uh, that's saying another week, probably. Right, it just yeah, seems like I mean. it would be a little long. Uh, Tony D, Tony D'Angelo played tonight. Philip Zadina is expected to miss another two to three weeks here. John Marino is going to need six weeks after having surgery on his mug. Philip Peronic is going to be out this weekend, not playing until next week. And I think that's that's about it, man. That covers it. For this one. So let's get into the headlines here. The trades keep on coming. Alex Martinez is a Vegas Golden Knight. Do you give a shit? I do not. Okay. The next trade we can talk about is Blake Coleman. We finally got some lines here. It's, I give a shit about this one. Yes. I don't like it. I'll just I'll put that one right off the bat. We got Stamkos Point and Kucherov on the top line. Told you. Andre Pilat, Anthony Sorelli, and Alex Kulorn on your second line. Blake Coleman, centered by Tyler Johnson. And opposite Yanni Gord. 
So I was looking into that's not a that's actually a that's actually a really good third line. Yes, if we're talking like an, real that hockey, is an right? awesome third line. Uh, I'm just afraid that he's going to get third line minutes. No, and that's exactly what I was leading into. Is I looked up Yanni Gord's last ten games, his average ice time under 14 minutes. Now, as far as I know, I don't think Yanni Gord gets any penalty kill time. It doesn't look like Coleman's going to get any power play time. The power plays over there are pretty clogged, even though they are still running with this weird power play setup where you got Anthony Sorelli and Tyler Johnson on that top power play. The power plays right now are Stamkos, Johnson, Kucherov, Sorelli, and Hedman as your top unit. Big stock boost right now for Anthony Sorelli. Both pat ourselves on the back. Zach, you a little harder than me. Second unit is Andre Plot, Braden Point, who took a maintenance day today, so you won't see him in the lineups if you're looking it up on Left Wing Lock or Daily Faceoff or anything. Alex Kalorn, Pat Maroon, and Mikhail Sergachev. So that Braden Point presence on the second power play unit kind of trickles down to the rest of those guys, but not as much as Sorelli moving up to the top unit or Johnson moving up to the top unit. The penalty kills. Yanni Gord does not see any penalty kill time, so I think this 13.45 average time on ice for Gord might be a little skewed if we're going to say that um, Blake Holman's going to like move over to those kind of minutes, but it's definitely a downgrade, don't you think, from what he was seeing in New Jersey? Absolutely. Yeah, he was. Absolutely. He was up at like that's seventeen what I said. minutes. I, if anything, I'm. I'm. That's what I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about his time on ice. I want to see at least sixteen minutes. You know what I mean? So even at second line time, you're you're probably around. 15, 16, maybe you'll have a, a game or two where you're up around 17. And I'm okay with that to start. But third line minutes, even on a damn good third line. Him, Tyjo, shit, who's the third person? Yanni Pumpkin. Yanni Gord. Him, Tyjo, and Yanni Gord. It's a really good third line. Yeah, this is good for that him. Is going, that is Bad going for to fantasy beat owners, mo- I think. It's going to beat most third lines out there. Yeah, I'll give you that, man, but... The saving grace here, TJ, what are his shots going to look like? Because even when he had low time on ice, he was still shooting very well. Yeah, he's like, let me try and find a stretch of low minutes here. Let's let's start the beginning of the season where he was seeing somewhere around like 13, 14 sometimes, sometimes around 18. That seems close enough to what he might be seeing. So let's go the first 15 games. His average time on ice is around 15.25. I'd be okay with that. Now, obviously, there's a lot of moving factors here, but I'm just trying to like create a comparison tool or something like that. So 15 games played, 31 shots, uh, 14 pims, only 4 points in 15 games with 15.25 average time on ice. Now, I fear that that's what we're going to be seeing, but let's look. We got There's a 10-hit game in here, but that's a game in which he saw 18.30 during a shootout game. So he saw some overtime minutes. There's a four, four, like the hits were still there. The hits were still good, but the shots were around two a game. So that's the problem with like great per 60 minutes. If you're only seeing 13, 14 minutes a night, like your stats, as far as fantasy concerned, they go down big time. I mean, that's clearly obvious. I I do want to see what he does with those minutes though, because if he plays his game, and does with those minutes what I think he's going to do. Kalorn, you got to go, bro. You got to get going. Yeah, uh, he's going to have to fight his way up the lineup. I'll give you that. I know that's going to be the case. I'm not keen on on Blake Coleman. Not as keen as I was, but, you know, I might give it a three-game tryout, I guess. I, I own, sh- like, three shares of Blake Coleman. And, and I'm sure, though, you're not going to just drop him before 
You know what I mean? I, I'm not going to throw my meal away before I even seen it or, or tasted it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need to try that paella first before I just say, ah, I ain't eating that. So Blake Coleman is a paella? Sure. Okay. Yeah, he is He is a conglomerate of a bunch of decent hockey stats. <laughs> I like that. All right. Um, all right, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode here, man. Let's talk about this weekend. This week, as we've stated uh, in our last week's preview, it's kind of a strange one where there's no real light days. There are lighter days than others, but there's no real light ones. So Saturday is kind of the only one that you want to avoid here. And I don't know about you guys, but I've had pretty much a half full lineup every night this week. Saturday's probably going to be the only day that we have to tiptoe around. So these Friday-Sunday games are even more important, and there's some decent ones out there to be targeting. The teams that are playing Friday-Sunday, Anaheim, Calgary, Chicago, Detroit, Edmonton, Minnesota, the New York Islanders, and St. Louis. So what we've done is just highlighted some players that are going to be playing this Friday, Sunday, Saturday, skip shit. We're going to work our way down this list and and try and pitch them to you guys. So let's start off in Anaheim. It's hard picking up people from Anaheim, huh? Some days. So so I I don't like to repeat myself too much. Uh, That's a lie. But (laughs) I talked about Adam Henrique before. I still think he is a great pickup for this weekend. He is still going to be widely available. But that was the other day. I just want to bring him up again because I am still on Adam Henrique for the time being, especially just for this little two-day two-day stretch for Friday and Saturday. But I also want to take a look at Josh Manson at 1% in ESPN and 2% in Yahoo. Dude, for the for the most part, uh, he's a good pickup for peripherals, uh, but that's about it, and, and he's great on hits. Like I uh, I was going to talk about Cam Fowler, but yep, that, that one's out the window. So we're going to stick with Josh Manson and maybe even a little Adam Henrique. What do you think about somebody like Max Jones? He, he scored tonight. You and I were talking about him before we went on the air a little bit. Uh, but the hits the hits are great. The minutes, not so much. But, I mean, as good a choice as any in Anaheim, right? Like I had said, I was actually taking a, a little bit of a look at, at Max Jones. And I wanted to put him on here. But with his all-around game, he didn't strike my fancy enough to warrant me putting him in here but then he go and then he went ahead and scored a goal tonight so who am i you know (laughs) yeah uh before tonight he had eight shots in his last three games i like those numbers small sample size of course but you know i just wanted to just get him out there see what um see what your reaction was a little bit so he's got one goal on one shot tonight the minutes are under 15 on the year uh but the hits the hits are there so all right man so that does it for anaheim yeah yeah, that does for Anaheim, and I think we are up to the Calgary Flames. Yes. Uh, they, they are next on our list. Now, you don't like anybody from the Calgary Flames? No, and before we get into this, I want to start, and I think I missed it on Anaheim here, but Calgary is going to be home for Boston, and then they're going to be at Detroit. And just taking a look at Anaheim here, they're home for Colorado, and they're home for Vegas. So Two harder teams there. Yes, and it's a bit of a stretch to you know, recommend Max Jones to recommend Josh Manson, maybe even a Hoppus Lindholm if Cam Fowler's out for any extended period of time and Lindholm is the one that moves up to that top power play. I don't like those matchups. Now, when we're talking about Calgary, I'm not really a fan of anybody. Um, Rasmus Anderson moved up to the top power play. Hasn't really done anything too much with it. And now it's Noah Hannafin, so that's changed hands a little bit. And um, just kind of throwing darts here. TJ, I, I, I can't believe I'm hearing this. 
Yeah. I can't believe I'm hearing this. Know, right? This is this is usually our annual time of the year <laughs> for you and myself to fight over Michael Back. It usually always happens this time of year, and I thought we were going to do it again. Dude, Michael Backlund. He's 63% owned in ESPN, 17% in Yahoo. He has four goals and five assists in his last seven games. Christ. One goal and two assists of that were on the power play. He's great for shots, great for points. The only thing is he's not really helping on perifs. But, dude, he is a very, very viable pickup, especially in points leagues. I mean, I think he's a viable pickup in, in all leagues just because of his scoring. And his ability, especially to shoot. Uh, right now, he's playing with Matt Kachuk and uh, Andrew Mangiapane. Definitely not huge on Mangiapane, but Matt Kachuk is a damn good player. I like Michael Backlund. He's getting that second-line time. I think he's your guy in Calgary. If, if anybody, he is your guy in Calgary. He wins some face-offs, too, man. I like it. We do kind of spit-roast that guy a little bit, don't we? Yeah, we. Uh, he, like, he's our slut. He is. <laughs> All right, let's move now to Chicago, who's going to be home against Nashville, and then they're going to go to Dallas. These are some big, big interdivisional games here. So I know everybody's going to get up for these. I like Eric Gustafsson a little bit here. I know we both like Kubalik and Brandon Saad, and you've even got Connor Murphy here as like a peripheral plug here. I'm going to start off with Eric Gustafsson, who is getting the top power play at the moment. He's 49% in Yahoo!, 66% in ESPN. The hits and blocks have dropped off something fierce in the last two weeks, but what I do like is the exposure to the top power play, and that's kind of a trend for me as far as the three guys I'm recommending, Brandon Saad and Dominic Kubalik. They're all on the top power play. Mm-hmm. Gustafsson's getting minutes over 21 right now. The shots are decent. I mean, it's like around two a game. And the power play points, I'm still waiting for them to start rolling in. Yeah, I mean, you're playing on a friggin' power play with Patrick Kane. How can you not like that kind of exposure there? Well, if you're Brandon Saad, you don't like it very much because while you do a fair bit of scoring, you certainly don't do any of it on the power play. I don't understand. I do like Brandon Saad, though. 24% ESPN, 11% Yahoo. Doing very well. Like like you had said, he, he's all on those shots. He's on those points. He's playing on that first power play, which it will come. It will come. But for like a, a more all-around kind of maybe even focusing in on like category leagues, I think Connor Murphy is a really good pickup. He's 11% owned in in all leagues. He is killing it with peripherals. Uh, he's at around two and a half blocks and two hits each game. I'm all about it. The only thing is he's not really going to get you points, even though oddly enough he is shooting. In his last five games he has 13 shots that's kind of surprising from a player like Connor Murphy who definitely is not getting on the score sheet but at least he's kind of helping out uh in in little ways you know yeah uh I like Murphy and Pims and Pims he kills it on yeah Pims. for exactly the Pims, reasons he's you're a saying. fucking monster <laughs> for exactly the reasons you're saying man he is a peripheral monster um, all right, Brandon Saad, just going to breeze over him real quick. Top power play, not doing anything with it. The same way, like you just mentioned, no power play points in the last month whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, he's only I getting, know. I know. <laughs> he's only getting like around a quarter of the power play time in Chicago, as it stands, like 25%, something like that. But he is getting some time with, uh, with Kane there. Uh, he's got four points in his last five, and the shots are pretty good. The minutes are... I mean, substantial, right around 18, close to 19. And I like 
I like that. Left wing, right wing, you can't you can't go too wrong. Like, I don't know. I, I am taking a stretch on Dominic Kubalik, who has a goal tonight, has smoothed out some of his numbers to the point where it's it's almost safe to pick him up again. And with top power play, I think it's time to start believing again. He's got four points in his last five, 19 shots in there, four hits and two blocks, touching kind of everywhere, uh, except a power play. I, th- I think Chicago's power play is just not clicking right now. No, it's really not. Patrick Kane is on it. I don't I don't care. At, at some point in time, it's got to come down to that. You trust Patrick Kane, don't you? Yes. So then sooner or later, that power play is going to be back. And if it's solely because of him, then it may well be. But other people are going to benefit from that too. And that's just the truth. Yeah, so I'm looking back at their last 20 games here. They're 7 for 57 on the power play like 10 percent so it seems just like a systematic issue there um all right next up we are gonna take a stop in detroit man and we're gonna talk some dallas too i guess did i miss dallas in our friday sundays uh yeah right yeah okay all right my mistake yeah okay dallas. you're you're make you always make me doubt myself <laughs> because sloppy. i figure if someone's gonna be wrong it's gotta be me no i mean you know the numbers mean? are there yeah i I, you I make, bet on you, you too. make me doubt myself all the time. You're <laughs> like, hey, did I do something wrong? And I'm like, can't be. We're so skittish since that weekend that we did the wrong weekend. Like we're we're double yeah, and s- triple checking everything. So just you bear said with it us. To me, you said it to me today before we started. You're like, oh, this is next week. I said, I sure hope not. Yeah, I missed Anaheim. And I, I sure Dallas, hope so not. I got a little bit of PTSD there with the with that one week that we screwed up. All right, man. So next up, we're gonna start off in Dallas, and then we're gonna get to Detroit. So bear with us. Yeah, I've have I've been having trouble finding spots for breaks lately, so just gotta make sure we get them. Yeah, clearly I've got nothing for Dallas, so if you just want to take it. Okay, so Dallas Stars are up next. It's another guy that uh, I I know we've kind of talked about in the Discord before, and I've brought him up as well um, in other episodes, and it's kind of a deep cut kind of guy. And that's Dennis the Menace, Dennis Gurionov. Like I said, deep cuts. ESPN, 5%. Yahoo, 4%. He is probably available in your league. (laughs) In his last 10 games, 5 goals, 0 assists. But tonight, he had 2 assists. Shots are okay, not stellar. Hitting at a great pace, though, as of late. In his last 5 games, he has 2.5 hits per game. And his time on ice is getting a little better, around 14.5 minutes lately, with some second power play time. On top of the fact that, as far as that power play time goes, three of those five goals that were just aforementioned were on the power play. So I kind of I, I'm feeling Gurionov. Yeah, it's not something I thought we'd we'd be saying, but I can't I can't disagree. I can't find anything that I don't like here. The shots have been pretty good. He's got 12 in his last six hits. 12 hits in the same span. Yeah, I, I think that the worst part about all this is the time on ice. Yeah, you're not wrong. So under 14 is a little hesitant, but the shots are up there. The shooting percentage is indicative of some regression to a certain degree. So is the IPP, but the offensive zone starts. He's like 75%. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you were on your game covering Dallas here. Doesn't happen often, but, <laughs> but I got us this time. Dallas plays St. Louis on Friday at home, and then Chicago at home as well on Sunday. So you're thinking maybe more for a Sunday streamer? Ooh, I would definitely kind of like that Sunday streamer. Okay, so next up we are on to Detroit, TJ. They are playing at the New York Islanders on Friday and then at home against Calgary on Sunday. Now I'm pretty sure 
that we're going to talk about the same guy here. And, and don't you dare do it. Don't you dare do it. <laughs> After we talk about Robbie Fabry, don't you dare do it. Mike Green's on the top power play. That you're gone, done, and did it. <laughs> I said no Mike Green talk. No Mike Green Just talk. Just putting it in there. I, I, I don't know. I'm off the Mike Green train. Last year was pretty fun, but... Dude, Robbie Fabry, uh, he is definitely on my list. Uh, he's 6% ESPN, 4% in Yahoo. Don't get me wrong. There, there was a time a little bit ago where Robbie Fabry was hot. He was the one scoring pretty much all of the goals on the Red Wings. Um, and I get that. The shots on goal are still there. He is having a cold streak for sure. But the shots on goal still being there, I like that. Along with first line time with Larkin and Manta and first power play time. Yeah, on top for of what the fact, that's worth. But still, yeah. I'd rather have first power play time on Detroit than not first power play time on Detroit or no power play time at all. So I'll still take it if it's there. The time on ice is fantastic. As of late, he's at 18 minutes a game on average. Um, so I'm still on Fabry, considering the underlying numbers are really all still kind of there for him personally, even though that the team stats have dropped, well, pretty drastically, at least in the last week or two. If the Red Wings end up being able to make some noise and turn some things around, Fabry is definitely going to be a part of it. I think that he is due to come back. Now, I'm not saying when that is going to happen. I'm not saying if it's going to happen this weekend, but... Out of all the people on Detroit, Robbie Fabry, how many times can you say first-line player and first power play time is 95% available? Not often. For me, it's a bit of a deep cut. I'm not super high on Fabry, especially with this weekend they got. But I think if you're in a deeper league, like the deeper you get, the more appealing Fabry starts to look. The shots are decent, like you said. The minutes are okay again. I mean, is he as good a stream as any in Detroit? It's not super interesting, but he is top power play, so... All right, brother. Next up, Edmonton deep, Oilers. Deep cuts, deep yeah. cuts, and wide lines, dude. <laughs> Scott. Edmonton is going to be home against Minnesota, and then they're going to be at the LA Kings. And I think this is last call for Kyler Yamamoto. This weekend's going to be big. Kyler Yamamoto, right wing, thirty-eight percent owned in Yahoo, sixty-six in ESPN. So the ESPN crowd <laughs> majority of the like, time just... is. Points getting leads. upset over here. And I think they're catching on. He is making his last appearance, I think, in streamer territory. So it is time to get in on him. The likelihood of him staying on the top power play when McDavid comes back are pretty high right now. With the extra minutes he's been getting, we've got two power play points in the stretch. McDavid's been out five games. It makes six tonight. And I think he's going to stick. The minutes have been stellar. And they're probably still going to be around 18 or 19. Maybe not touching 20 or anything. But if he gets top power what play he's doing consistently... Now. Yeah. That's what he's doing now. I am huge on Yamamoto. I think this is going to be a really good pickup. And especially, Edmonton has a really good playoff schedule. It has one of the better off-night schedules in the upcoming weeks here. So I think you should be making room in your lineup for Yamamoto. I have him valued higher than a streamer spot. And depending on what's on the bottom of your roster, I'd wager he's even better than they are. He hits. He's been shooting pretty heavy with the newfound minutes. It's last call, man. He's got a high shooting percentage, but who's to say that this year it's going to be the year that it levels out? His deployment's great, 60% in the Ozone. The minutes, the line mates are more than decent. And, yeah, that playoff schedule, Yamamoto should be, shouldn't be should be on your radar. He should be on your roster. Agreed. Uh, he, he is our next guy. 
He is our next guy that we are going to gripe about and just bitch at everyone about until everything finally changes and he is more widely owned. Yeah, he's the new Blake Coleman. He is our new guy. I will say Kylo Yamamoto's name every single episode until these numbers start going up. All right, so I'm going to finish Edmonton off here with Josh Archibald. Had 18.36 in his last game. He's a right wing. He's 2% in Yahoo, 2% in ESPN. He's great for peripherals. And tonight he had 16.04. So the minutes are getting a little bit better than the 11s and 12s that we've been seeing lately. He had two goals in his last game against Carolina on three shots. Tonight only had three hits and two blocks. It was a really weird game against Boston. Tight game. One-to-one, finished in overtime. Pasternak got the overtime winner. Uh, But what I like about Archibald is the peripherals. And I think he's been earning the minutes that he's getting too. So the shots are a little bit on an uptick outside of tonight where he had zero. And I think he's a safe bet floor-wise. You know you're at least going to get the hits, maybe a couple shots, and a chance at some offense. Not super high on the offense as he only has 16 points in 50 games. But, you know, at least he's hitting. All right, so that's going to bring us to the Minnesota Wild next. Now, for the Wild, I think that there is one guy at least that I want to talk about for sure, and that is Kevin Fiala. He's on that first line with Parise and Stahl right now. He's 58% in ESPN and 37% in Yahoo, and I know that those those numbers are definitely a little higher than usually I do, at least. I, I, I go a lot for these, like, 1 to 10 percenters and, and try to hit. But, I mean, I think that Kevin Fiala is kind of like a slam dunk here. Yeah. 38 shots on goal in his last 10 games. It's 3.8 shots per game. Super easy math. 38 shots on goal is a lot in, in 10 games. Like I said, he's on that first line. He's on that first power play. Once again, take it with a grain of salt, power play in Minnesota, but still power play nonetheless. But the, the ice time, all trending upwards, but it's those shots that I'm looking at, and I can't stay away from somebody that shoots that much. I love that. I love it. I love it. I'm glad you brought up the time on ice, too, because since Boudreau was fired, I guess Minnesota management is convinced somehow that they're in the playoff hunt here. They're seven points back of a wild card spot, and it seems like they're pushing hard. And since Boudreau got fired, head coach Dean Evason has been giving that top line about two minutes more per game. I think Fiala is somebody that I'd be even looking at for somewhat of a long-term hold. Because like you said, Fiala has got like four shots a game. It's it's insane. Mm-hmm. Just keep an eye out because, the, I mean, although the shooting percentage is pretty palatable because of those insane shot numbers, the IPP is still at 100% in these last 10 games. So that's something that I expect to tone down a little bit, but I can't believe that he's under... 40% owned. He's at over a 300-shot pace over his last 10 games. I mean, in his last five alone, he has 23 shots. Yeah. Uh, his last game, 21 and a half minutes. He, he's getting up to around 18 minutes a game, considering his average ice time for the entire year. Is it 15? Yeah, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm loving these shots. Shots come around. You can't just shoot four times a game in the NHL and get no points. You know what I mean? Like, you're just not. Uh, but the whole thing is, he is still getting points. Mm-hmm. It's not like he he's not showing up on the score sheet with these shots. He is. He is. In his last five games alone, he has two multi-point games, one where he has a goal and assist, and one where he has a goal and two assists. Mm-hmm. These are numbers you got to like. I think Kevin Fiala is 
at the very least, a streamer if you're in a, a shallow league. You know what I mean? Especially for your deeper leagues or even medium like 12, 12 teamers. Fiala is, is very feasibly a hold. So Minnesota also has four games next week. That's another reason to be getting in on Kevin Fiala. You'll start off this weekend and you'll get six games out of him in the next nine days or so. And then the week following, Minnesota has another four games. I don't know. Like for the next few weeks, Minnesota is a team to key in on. And I think if you take nothing else away from this episode, it should be Fiala and Yamamoto. Those should be the only two things that you really take away from this episode. All right, love is. <laughs> uh, also, I want to do. I'm a... sorry. I thought we were we're not done. I thought I I thought we were done. We still got a couple. We could have just we could I could have just talked about Kevin Fiala and Kyler Yamamoto. We could have <laughs> had just a show on those two. Well, stay tuned tomorrow for the Yamamoto show. Uh, I want to do a quick PSA on Jared Spurgeon, who's 28 percent owned in Yahoo, 60 percent in ESPN. Spurgeon, in my opinion, has been a way better fantasy own than Matt Dumba. And when we are comparing the two, we can first say that Matt Dumba is owned on twice as many Yahoo rosters. Dumba is on pace for 12 points less, 49 more shots. He gets 8% more power play time on ice, which could be in flux with a new coach. Uh, He is on pace for 40 more hits, but 20 less blocks. So with the remainder of the season, you figure there's a quarter of the season left. If you can chew down 12 less shots, 10 less hits, and five more blocks with an extra three points the rest of the way, I think Spurgeon is an easy swap for somebody like Matt Dumba. Easy. It's also worth noting that Kevin Fiala has a goal tonight. That is that is true. It's also worth noting that you dropped uh, Spurgeon. Yes, I dropped him a minute back because my decor is excellent. Yes. <laughs> and I picked him up because mine is not. <laughs> All right, and I don't know if we mentioned this, but Minnesota is going to be at Edmonton, and then they're going to see St. Louis on Sunday, so... There you go. All right, man, we got, what, two teams left here? Yes, we do, sir. All right, man, we're going to squeeze in another break real quick, and we'll be back with the New York Islanders and the St. Louis Blues. So we are back. We got the New York Islanders here. They're going to be home against Detroit and home against San Jose. So for having the best weekend schedule here, there's not really much going on on the island. Jordan Eberle has got to be the front runner here at right wing. 15% in Yahoo, 22% in ESPN. In his last 10 games, he's got 7 points at a pretty reasonable 13.5% shooting percentage with 22 shots in there too. So you're getting a little bit of shots. You're not getting too much in the way of hits, but the blocks are kind of decent. Like eight. I mean, it's not like Andy Green levels, but you're getting 8 blocks in 10 games from a forward. You can't really complain too much about that. If anybody's worth owning or streaming, at least in the island, it's Jordan Everly. I'd be looking at him over somebody like Anthony Beauvillier. As well, he, he is a very streaky player, to say the least. Yeah. In the same 10 games, he's got nine points, but that's at like a 35% shooting percentage. And over his last seven games, he's got five points. And most of these are goals. And because they are goals, I'm not super high on uh, this high shooting percentage. I know we look for that, but goals come and go. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. No, Anthony Beauvillier. Go for, go for him, man, because I, I just reminded myself that he's going up against Detroit and San Jose, so goals should not be hard to come by when when talking about it. Beauvillier is 21% owned in Yahoo. Look at that. A mid-episode change of heart here. Uh, the shots are bleh. He's got four shots in his last three games, and he hits. He hits pretty good. So you get a little bit of hits, a little bit of blocks the same way. Anthony Beauvillier, Jordan Everly should be at the top of your lists. 
Personally, Eileen Eberly, a little bit more. The power play time on ice is a lot better, and the average time on ice the same way. In the last three games, his average time on ice is over 21 minutes. Talking about Eberly here, and Beauvillier in the same stretch is like at 16 and a quarter. Um, He's never had a ton of minutes. Yeah. He's never been a high-minute guy. Not never. So that's why I lean Eberly, even though the score sheet kind of disagrees with me. But that's where I'm at. Uh, and then I would just want to mention Andy Green, 3% in Yahoo, 2% in ESPN. He did have an assist and 1946 time on ice with two shots and a block in his first game with the Isles, uh, the blocks. That's why I like him. Andy Green for blocks. Like, he blocks all the shots. He fits really well with that Islanders uh, defensive. shots. Yeah, he's great. Uh, St. Louis, man, clean us up here. So I don't want to... Jibs, shut up. So I'm not totally ready to give up on Sammy Blay. I can't do it. I find it hard to just totally forget about Sammy Blay. He is available. He is available in 95% of leagues. His time on ice is trash. Trash. His shots on goal, it's trash. So far, it's so trash. good, man. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. He has a goal and two, assists and two assists since he's been back, which isn't crazy horrible considering his horrible time on ice. But it's the hits, TJ. It's the hits. Yeah. It's the hits. Over four hits a game in his last 10 games. 46 hits in his last 10 games. Yeah. Almost five. If we're rounding up numbers, <laughs> I know how much you'd like to round up numbers. Yeah. That's 4.6. That's closer to 5 than it is to 4, my friend. You're right. You're right. 4 or 5 doesn't matter. Let's just call it 5. That's that's a lot of hits. It's a lot of hits. So I can't totally just shove him to the side and never worry about him again. That number is nuts and is worth a stream, especially, especially if you were in a Cats League and you need to win a category, and you're like, you know what? I'm in, I'm in shouting distance of hits. I'd throw Sammy Blay out there. He can have a random nine-hit game, six hits. I could see him, if, if he starts getting better time on ice, he had nine hits in 11 and a half minutes, TJ. Woo! Hits per 60 are out the window. That, well, yeah, no shit they are. It's almost a hit a minute. If he gets a little bit better ice time, why the hell can't these hits go up? It's going to happen. Uh, I'm just saying I'm not forgetting about Sammy Blay. Now, am I just automatically saying go out and pick him up this weekend? No, but don't forget about him. Keep him keep him in mind. Uh, they are playing at Dallas and at Minnesota, so it is not the hardest games in the world. I'm still thinking about Sammy Blay, and I'm not going to stop thinking about him. Are you still thinking about Zach Sanford? Yes, I am still thinking about Zach Sanford. Easy enough. Uh, he's been covered plenty on our on our show here in the last couple weeks. Zach Sanford, the face of unsustainability, but also somebody you want to have on your side going into this weekend. He hits for you. Scored like fucking five goals on his last 14 shots in the last four games. Like, incredible. It, well, that'll happen when you sco- score four goals in a game. Yeah. That that'll happen yeah some Ashari stuff going on there all right brother so that's it let's get uh let's get this one over with and then we're going to go to tomorrow and we're going to take a look at next week until then you guys can find us at lo underscore fantasy nhl on twitter you can join in 
on the chat on Discord. And if you guys want to support the show, you guys can either leave a review or you can become a patron. Support the show that way. So until tomorrow, man, for the week ahead preview, we love you guys. Love you.